This is True Bloods, the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast. And today on the show, we'll be discussing the Swannies' ugly loss against Melbourne last Thursday. The upcoming clash this Saturday night against Richmond at Marvel, as well as everything else Sydney Swans. My name is Tommy Flanagan, back in the host chair. And I'm joined tonight in the Podular Media Studio, as always, by Madison Clark. No Ben Andrew or Dave Baxter tonight. So it's the True Bloods Originals here in the studio. Mate, I wish it were under better circumstances, though. What a shocker it was from the boys last Thursday. I've found it incredibly difficult to watch. Um, I think this is going to be quite cathartic, though, Tommy. I think we've got a lot to get through. But I'm, I'm bloody happy to be here back with you, the original True Bloods. It's going to be good. Can't wait. Yes, it's uh, fantastic to be back in the studio. Just you and me once again, Madison Clark. And, um, yeah, the, the Swannies, mate. It was a decent first half. We looked okay. Um, game in the balance at halftime and then put up one of the worst halves of footy ever seen under John Longmire. Couldn't stand it. Hated it. Look, I, I can I can accept losing. I think I'm, you know, you take the good with the bad. It's professional sport. We can't influence the outcome. If you lose, you lose. But when you sort of look around and you see the same old stuff that we've been talking about, handball, chip, chip, down the line, contest, lose the contest, Melbourne kick a goal, um, the complete disinterest on even some of our senior players' faces um, was quite upsetting for me, I'll, I'll be honest, and it was... You know, I saw saw another side of myself watching that game, Tommy. I was not fun to be around uh, for the people who I was with. So I think that's on Sydney as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, there's there's a lot we've got to change. Yeah, that word disinterested. That that's a, especially from our leaders. They looked. Kennedy had eight kicks for the night. Yeah, Parker was nowhere. Franklin got nullified. Um, and and they looked a bit ancient as well with the way that. The game was being played the way Melbourne took that game away from us. Um, like, so disorganised and, and the ball movement was absolutely brainless for, for parts of it. Uh, I enjoyed the work of Cunningham, Heaney, Florent, Jones, Alir and Rampy. They were de- clearly our best six, but for the rest, it, they just looked lost out there for a lot of it. For mine, Tommy, I think a big part of it, um, which has been touched on in the media I've seen, is the lack of Jared McVeigh actually significantly changed the way we, we set up and operated coming out of our back half. We broke down so frequently, which isn't something that we've become accustomed to in the last couple of years, but his um, experience and the, the fact that he's such a general were, was sorely missed. Yeah, and Lloyd... Um, for stages, tried to slot into that role, but yep. it just wasn't the um, the poise the, and the forethought in in uh, Lloyd's game in that role. Uh, he he did have what was it in the end thirty four disposals, but the, how that was one how of effective the, were any of them? That was one of the worst worst games I've seen Jake Lloyd play, and we hold him to a, a very high standard. Um, and I just think he was so far off it. There were so many cheap disposals, and as we said, really really wasteful kicks down the line to. A Callum Sinclair who was clearly very hampered by injury. And at no stage did we say, okay, well, let's be flexible. And, you know, Gorm was always going to um, manipulate. He was always going to dominate, let's be yeah. honest. Um, he, he's the form Ruckman of the competition. And as soon as Sinclair showed any sign of injury, he was going to manipulate that and and, um, and exploit that. Um, 
why at no stage did we consider taking the risk of taking Aaliyah out of the back line and putting him into the ruck and throwing yep. Sinclair into the goal square? You know, Aaliyah was having a good night at the back. And yes, we're already without um, Grundy and Smith and McVeigh at the back. So you're taking another experienced defender out of the defence to try and shore up your ruck division. But I think that risk had to be taken at some stage because it was always going to continue to get worse with the Gorn factor. Well, again, I mean, we looked pretty good at parts during the second quarter. But when we started, we started getting the heat put on us pretty early in the third quarter. I, I just think as a coach, I, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not an AFL coach. And yes, Horse has got a flag and he's taken us to the finals for X amount of years. I understand all that. But you just think in situations like that, when just the endeavour isn't even there, that you need to try and do something different. Well, I just think, yes, our system's been rock solid for such a long period of Footy's time. But changed, Tommy. But that's it. That's it. And and like it's a tough balance because... They want to persist with our system and teach the new group of young players that we've got coming through, um, you know, the way that we've played. And then maybe in three or four years' time, they as a collective, you know, I'm talking about Heaney, Aaliyah, McCartan, Mills, Jones, Papley, Florent, Ronk, Blakey, Hewitt, Melican, Dawson, um, you know, Hayward didn't play the other night. All quality, all real quality. And yeah. and there's like a fine, there's a fine line there where do you want – do we, are we trying to win games this year? Because if we are, we have to play a, a game style that suits them right here and right now instead of trying to teach them our old way that Sydney teams of the past have played and mould them into a team that's going to be effective in three or four years. If we want to win games right now, we have to play a game style that suits these guys. Yep, absolutely. And look, I've been asked, as I'm sure you have, I've been asked around the office and in various group chats all week, what what I think the issue is, and you're absolutely spot on. And I also think, in part, I think the gap between our experienced players and our inexperienced players, when our experienced players aren't firing, I think that gap becomes so big and insurmountable in the sense that you're looking to these guys for leadership, and if they're not on their A game, there's just nothing there. Um, and and it showed with poor old Justin McInerney. You yeah. couldn't have picked a worse game yeah. to to debut. Like we, no one was able to help him get involved in the game at any stage throughout the night. And I've just really felt for him uh, by the end of the night. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So I think with that in mind, there's you know we, we've got a lot of injuries, but that's that's the game of footy. You've got injuries, and it just needs to be. Who's the next guy to come and make an impact? So you can't blame that. Um, we've just got to really sort of look at it. And, and it disappointed me hearing horses. And I'm not just going to bash horse all night. I'm just going to say that up front. I'm not, gonna, not here to bash horse. He's been so good for our football club for so long. But to hear him say things in the press conference like... We've just got to do the same thing. Yeah, we've just got to do what we do. We've just got to find a way. Well, let's be absolutely honest. For the last two years, two and a half years even, we've played a really mediocre brand of football and we've happened to find ways to win and been embarrassed in finals. I think I've touched on this before. I'm going to say it again. 
Horse just needs to forget about his numbers behind the ball bullshit and just let the ball boys go it's out true. and play a bit of freedom. Get the run and carry. <laughs> I love that switchboard. Um, get the run and carry going from defence instead of bombing long down the line to nobody and then searching for follow-up congestion over and over again. The game's changed, Tommy. It has, and this... This young group, they need to be able to express their creativity and limiting that is going to hurt us so much this year. And we've got really exciting young players. We do. And they, they just need to be let off the leash a little bit, I feel. I'll name them all again. Heaney, Aaliyah, McCartan, Mills, Jones, Papley, Florent, Haywood, Ronk. Jeez, Blake, O'Flo Hewitt. was good. First half, O'Flo, O'Flo was, was good. good. And we will get to Flo in the votes for the Triple Arts Player of the Year Award, which we will speak about shortly. But all, all of these guys are just fantastic quality young talent and uh, I think the game style that we play just limits them a bit and I think um, sort of restricts their mate it limits buddy. intuition it limits buddy yeah yeah and, and poor old bud as well you know again time and time again we just see him nullified and isolated and having to try and do it all himself and you know long kicks down the line to him that's not the way he's no he's Set to play. He's a lead-up forward. Yeah, he's, he's got to be able to be on the move and he's got to be able to get into a bit of open space. It's He's not... never been able to take contested marks. Never. And, and even even when he has, it, it's been one-on-one, not yep. five-on-one. So it's, yeah, it's being embarrassed by Melbourne at home in a primetime slot and looking like a Neeful side was just incredibly frustrating when you know how capable the 22 that was selected to play. We still have a phenomenal list. We do. And that's that's what that's why people are frequently asking me what's what's wrong? What's what's happened here? Because we have such a capable list. Look at the midfield alone. I know father time is very very slowly or very quickly depending on which way you look at it creeping up on these guys, but Kennedy, Parker, you chuck in Heaney there as well. Zach Jones. These are these are prime ball movers. I don't know. Like there's from the outside looking in, you'd say, "Geez, on paper, that is a team that should should be up top four. and we're just not. And you can just point that squarely at the way we play football. Yep, something, and it hasn't changed in the better part of eight years. Something has to give. Something has to give right here and now. The rules have changed. The game's changed. Every other team's playing uh, exciting, hard-running style. Jesus. Run and carry, link up with handball, take the game on. Everyone's doing that except for us. Yep. And it, it shows the way we play. It's a, it's a dour, flat, boring style of footy. And I think our players are feeling that pinch as well just from looking from the outside. And it's, it's very... It, it hurts to watch that. Oh, and as as well, you know, talking about the messaging coming out of the club, you're talking about what Horse said in, in his post-match. I was listening to Triple M in the pre-match on Thursday night before the game started, and Steve Johnson was asked the question, oh, well, you know, you've, you've, you've struggled to um, be really strong at home recently. Why is that? And Stevie's response was, oh, well, we haven't quite worked out why why we're struggling at home but you know we've that just got is to not sti- acceptable it's not acceptable your job is to work out why we're struggling at home fix it fix it everybody what out a, there fix it you you i haven't i hadn't heard that until now that is absolutely unacceptable to have that response to a question yeah and those things need to be going through the motion sort of stuff and and to, to me that felt 
uh, it felt very hurtful as a passionate Sydney Swans person um, to, to hear that response out of Stevie J in the pre-match, to hear Horse's um, post-match response. It's just the same sort of stuff. Now, and look, we're, we're, we're having a bit of a rant, okay? It is a rant. And some people will like say it. it's negative. I, it's not negative. This is, re- this is just reality. Trying to be constructive wi- without just sugarcoating everything yeah, and saying everything's okay. This is, this is reality, okay? We're, we are in probably one of the toughest positions our football club has been in in the better part of 20 years, I'd say. It's the worst half of footy ever under Longmire. Yep. That second half. Um, and it needs to change. And that's, that's all we're saying. And we, we have the cattle to be able to play good football. They're just not playing it in the right way. I think that's pretty much the crux of what we're saying. Would you tend to agree? I would, Matt. But enough said about that game. Never want to think about that game ever again. Let's uh, just just move on into into next week, and let's hopefully we see the club try something different. And um, he is hoping. He is hoping. But uh, our last little bit of ref- reflection on the Thursday night game is the votes for the True Bloods Player of the Year award, and we'll start with our one vote. And uh, Madison, this man in the back half, one of the co-captains, did a, did a of our co-captains, he was the best performer, and I thought he was a pretty stable head down back when there was chaos everywhere else. Yeah, look, as as we said, the presence of Mr. Jared McVeigh was sorely missed, but Dane Rampey slots into that role very, very well. He just needed a little bit of help, I would have thought. He gets the one vote. Uh, for two votes, uh, a man who uh, I probably... Jeez, I reckon... Oh, I don't know about this. I was l- lucky to sneak in for a couple of votes here. I thought there was a bloke named H. Cunningham who was a bit stiff to not register a vote at all, and uh, this man may have been quite lucky to get in for a vote. He gets votes just about every week, and he uh, we'll, we'll have a look at the leaderboard in a little bit. He's featuring pretty heavily, but uh, Jake Lloyd had a lot of the a footy. Lord. Had a Lloyd. He had a lot of the footy, but I don't know if it was his best performance. Uh, kicked it down the throat of Maxi Gorn on numerous occasions, which frustrated me to no end. <laughs> <laughs> But he picked up the two votes. Everyone looked at the stat sheet on the from the True Bloods faithful and uh, and gave him the two. I'll tell you what, though, the gentleman who got the three votes, I've been more and more impressed with each week. Alia Alia, yep, is just one of the saving graces so far. If the you know if things are going to continue on this season the way they are, which we we dearly hope they don't. But he has just been such a shining light. He's been and, the best uh, key defender in the comp. Hey, the intercept marks. Any team would love him. I'm so bloody glad we've got him, yep. to be honest. I, I remember, was it the start of last year? or I think, I think it was the start of last year. We were questioning where he was, he was at. And we were like, yeah. oh, what's, you know, he was out of the side. He was playing needful footy. Yeah. He, he didn't seem to have his head screwed on. But you look at him now and... Just it'd be a disaster if we didn't have him in the yep. side at the moment. Yep, we'd fall apart. So thank you very much, Alia Alia, for your consistency. Um, four votes. A uh, man that I'm absolutely loving the work of at the moment. His last two weeks have been My man, scintillating. Tommy. Your man, in, indeed. Man. I'll leave it to you. You, you. you wrap him up. Oh, he's just an absolute jet, isn't he? And the, the words come out that St Kilda are into him this week. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah, my man, Zach Jones. They're not going to get him, though. So. They're not going to get him, I wouldn't have thought. They can have Hannah's, they can't have Zach. <laughs> <laughs> As if we're going to do that deal. Um, but he he was just sensational. Again, you take the good with the bad with Zach Jones. Yeah, he's going to get caught. Yeah, he's going to shank it every now and again. But he breaks the game open. 
And that's what we want. He plays the style of footy, Tommy, that we want to be playing. Just hard-running, attacking footy. Yep. Up the guts. Yep. Takes the game on, and uh, that's what we were call- we've were we been calling out for in this first segment. Correct. Just want the players to play with a bit of freedom and um, take the game on. So it's Zach Jones getting the four votes. And uh, the five, and Tommy. Five, a man who it was a little bit quiet in the second half when we had one of the worst halves of footy I've ever seen. But in the first half, he was magnificent. Absolutely sensational with, again, a bit of run and carry and dash and take the game Who'd have thought, on. Tommy? Who'd have thought? It is... <laughs> I love that switchboard. Uh, oh, Flo, Oliver Florent. Um, and, yeah, he was just silky smooth in that first half, wasn't he? Oh, you wait until he just puts on five kilos. He's going to be elite. Watch this space. Absolute jet. Um, but, yeah, look, he did drop off, as young players do. And this is what I mean about the gap between our experience and our inexperienced. When you're that young... And when you haven't had a lot of games under your belt, you look to those guys, and if they look disinterested, inevitably you're going to drop off. So we just need to tighten up in that area, I would have thought. So it is five for Flo, four for Zach Jones, three for Aaliyah, two for Lloyd, one for Rampy, which takes us to the leaderboard after four rounds, and it is Lloyd leading the way on 14 votes, followed by Heaney and Jones in equal second place on eight votes. Sinclair in third place with seven votes. Florent and Aaliyah have moved up. Uh, they're equal on five votes. Uh, Kennedy for Parker and Franklin on three. Papley, McVeigh and Rampy on one. That is the voting so far for the True Bloods Player of the Year Award. We might take a break, Mads, and we'll be back after this little message from the guys at Podular Media. G'day, guys. It's Rob and Adrian from Podular Media. I run the Sash, a filthy Essendon podcast. Ooh, and I run the Debrief, a snobby Melbourne podcast. But don't hold that against us. We help create True Bloods. Even though I still have nightmares about Gary Rowan. And even though we haven't beaten the Swannies in almost a decade. But these blokes are the real deal of South Melbourne heritage, and we got off the ground because we love good footy content. So if you're a fan of the Swannies and True Bloods, or you just love podcasts and you want to learn more about how Podular Media can help create a podcast for you or your business, call 0488-055-14 or email adrian at podularmedia.com. Imagine if Troy Luff had his own podcast. No, 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 mate. Imagine if LRT had a podcast. (laughs) Well, (laughs) anyway, let's get back to True Bloods. Welcome back to True Bloods. Now, every week on True Bloods, we like to do the social question segment where we pose a question to the True Bloods faithful on our Facebook page. And this week's question was, Kieran Jack plays his 250th this weekend. Reflecting on his career so far, what have been your favourite Kizar moments? So, there have been plenty. There have been plenty. And, and this bloke is just a champion of our club, Kieran Jack, former captain. So, And can I just say how delighted I was to see him on the park on the weekend? Yes, and hopefully he's got some great footy left in him this year because we need him at the moment. He we actually badly looked, need him. He, he was moving well. He was moving well, but, geez, what an absolute what, – what a true blood at the end of the day. He, yep. he embodies what we like to call the blood's culture, and it, it'll be sad to see him go. He hasn't got much footy left in him, I wouldn't have thought, but uh, still got a little bit left to give this year. Now, there were some comments from the faithful. And we got Jono Di Donato, his 200th game down at Geelong, yep. name getting slagged through the media, kick three and got the win. 
showed how tough he was, plus absolutely crunching bump on Matt Spanger during round five, 2010. Oh, I love that. I love that bump. That was It was a ripper, wasn't it? Yeah, Spanger's so much bigger than him as well. It set up a goal for Jesse White yeah. as well. Jeez. A couple of, uh, just, just uh, off, off the cuff, Matt Spanger and Jesse White, there's a couple of uh, old names that I haven't heard in a while. Uh, How many games did Spanger play for us? Quick trivia. <sighs> oh, jeez. Jeez. Throw him out of the bus. He wouldn't have played more than 10, would he? I reckon maybe 12, 15. You reckon? Maybe. maybe we'll, probably we'll get not. the figures out. I don't know. I'll find that later. Um, yeah, I get, there's a fair few people who are saying he's 200th down in July. That was huge. It was. It was. Because uh, I don't know if you, if you remember, um, there was a big issue with, I don't know if it was his girlfriend at the time. Is he still with her? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, no. I actually think he is. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're still um, there was a big issue between yep. his parents, folks, and her, and, her yeah. and, and uh, Brandon, his brother, as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, what was a Hectic. bit of an ugly situation there, but um, somehow got into the media, and he just uh, took it in his stride and sunk the cats down at the cattery. Kick Don't three. we love that? Kick three in his two hundredth. That was magnificent. Enormous. Um, one that's uh, one that's also coming up fairly consistently is the moment in the grand final where uh, Kieran Jack just ran in and knocked over Clinton Young in the goal yeah. square. and uh, Clinton, the one time to trip. <laughs> he trips over. He'll never forget. Square. Poor old Clinton Young. He'll never forget that. It was, it was enormous, though. That changed the whole game. That's, but that, do you know what? That's probably one of my favourite moments in the grand final altogether. Jack got it away. Jack picks young pocket and kicks a goal to level the score. Nice work, Jared Waitley. That was a good call there. Um, and that was from uh, Mitch McPherson, who's quoted that um, on the Facebook page today. Uh, Josh Maher, again, the same moment. Surely his greatest moments when he combined with Mitch Morton to kick his second goal, the 2012 grand final, by running down Clinton Young. Made something out of nothing. It was enormous. Um uh, kicked a goal for the lead in a big comeback versus Richmond in 2017. Harry Harvey. Um, it's oh. mostly those those ones. Um, his early mark in the 2016 Grand Final that was that was very good. Uh, I'll, I'll say mine. Uh, mine isn't so much a moment, but it was a a season. And Which, uh, t- 2010 when he won the Best and Fairest. That was that was peak Kieran Jack. It was peak Kieran Jack. It was when he's right in the. Uh, Right in his pomp, and uh, I remember for me. Was he all Australian that year? Oh, did he sneak in for an all Australian? If he didn't, he should have. I'll check that out in the break as well. Um, but uh, me personally, uh, I was go- going through an interesting phase with my my Swanee's life. Um, Do tell. Well, B- Benny Matthews, who's my cousin, had just uh, retired, just hung up the boots at the end of two thousand and eight, and prior to that, pretty much my whole life, I'd been uh, granted the opportunity to go in into the rooms and see Benny after the game. And when Benny retired, that ended. So I'm you know, still massively in love with the Swannies, but I'm going through an interesting phase here where I'm not as close to the inner sanctum as I have been because Benny's not there anymore. And I sent Kieran Jack a message um, on Facebook uh, midway through the 2010 season and um, said, mate, I'm a lifelong Swans fan from Melbourne. I just wanted to let you know that you're my new favourite player and, and gave him a bit of background as to... Um, who I was and, and uh, my relationship with, with Benny Matthews and whatnot. And uh, actually, you know, I've been on the highlights editor uh, for a little bit throughout the year and I made a highlights package of him and sent him through a highlights package. Didn't expect to get anything back. 
Um, but to Kieran's credit, the great bloke that he is, he sent back three or four paragraphs um, to me just saying thank you so much for for reaching out and uh, spoke about Benny and how he was a mentor to him in his early days at the club and uh, had a look at the video and a couple of the other videos on my YouTube channel and said he really appreciated it. And um, There you go. Yeah, just so uh, a great bloke too. Genuine gets back bloke. to the fans. Um, so big fan of Kieran and uh, can't wait to see him run out for his 250th this weekend. And hopefully the boys can come out with a little bit of spark and a little bit of Wouldn't vigor. That'd be just great, and, ju- and just have a little bit of <laughs> in their step and then we can go out there and roll Richmond on uh, Saturday night at Marvel. Because we hate Richmond. Tom. We do hate Richmond. We, we don't like them very much. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'd love to just give them a nice good old touch-up this Saturday night at Marvel Stadium. And we will get to that in the preview of that big game in the third segment. But uh, before that, well, that, that was the social question segment. We, we love a bit of social question. We love, love the Jack. faithful. Uh, yeah, we love talking to the faithful. Uh, but uh, we've got another segment, a new segment that we introduced <laughs> last week. And uh, we're going to give it another run. It is the Who Wears, Who Wears, Who Wears, Who Wore segment. And Mads, I'll let you kick it off this week. basically a game that Tommy invented when he was pissed in the backyard with his mates. That's correct. That's correct. So I'll, I'll, I'll go through the rules again. Uh, if if um, those of you who didn't l- listen last week need the rules to be explained, basically say a jumper number. And uh, so either who wears who wears, which is a current player, or who wears who wore, uh, which is a past player, and the other person just has to name that player who wore that, that jumper number. So, Mads, do you want but, to fire away? But the key thing is you could pick a player, but it might not be the person that you were thinking of. Yes, you have to be honest. Yeah. So for the who wears who wears, there's no mucking around with yep. that because, you know, it's the current list. Yep. But with the who wears who wore, it's the player that you've got in your head. But you've got to be honest. You, don't, you know, don't mess around. I think we're, I think the honesty is... Uh, is solid, yeah. No. Is solid in this room, Tommy. Uh, very good, very good. I'll, I, why don't you let me give you one. Okay, okay. Mr. Fountain of Knowledge. All right. Fountain see how of Swanies yeah. Knowledge. <laughs> Who wears, who wears number one? Uh, James Rose. Very good, very good. Who wears, who wore number one? That's, that's a few good ones. Uh, Barry Hall. Mm. Ah. Rosie. Rosie. Yeah, nice, nice. Very good, very good. Uh, okay. Who wears, who wears number six for the Sydney Swans? Jesus, give me a, give me a second. I can see your your fingers. Um, number six, number six. <sighs> Buzz me out, Tommy. Number six is Jackson Thurlow. Oh, spare me. He was shocking on the weekend. <laughs> who wears who wore number six for the Sydney Swans? Andrew Dunkley. Damn it. <laughs> Craig Bolton was the ah, one that Craig I was thinking Bolton, of. The original Mr. Fullback. What uh, a legend. Very good game, Tommy. That's a great segment. It's, great it's a segment. good segment. Big, big fan of it. Big fan of it. All right, let's go to another break. And after this, we'll be previewing the Richmond game and we'll give you our tips from all the other games in the AFL in round five. This is True Bloods. You're listening to True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast.
Welcome back to True Bloods. Now, we've got a massive game coming up on Saturday night against the Richmond Tigers at Marvel. Uh, should be an absolute monster. Uh, there's a couple of great matchups that are going to be going on around the ground. The Tigers are in pretty good nick. They took down Port Adelaide over in Adelaide last week. Tom Lynch up and about kicked, uh, kicked a big bag. And, yeah, we've got to be wary of, of Richmond. They're, they're a good side, and at the moment, we haven't been. I guess, you know, as I said before, injuries are a part of football, right? They're, they have a lot of star power out, that's fair to say. Um, Caution I'll, and rants. I'll, I won't get into rants because I think he's the most overrated flog in the AFL just <laughs> quietly. Um, but I think not having Jack Revolt there has even made Lynch a little bit more dangerous, isolated. Yeah. And uh, he has proved to be quite potent in the last couple of weeks, especially just, last week. Let's just put the onus on him to, to be the man. Yeah, to whereas, perform. Correct. If Jack's there, then Jack's the man, and Lynch is just sort of floating around yeah. finding his spot. He's but, the supporting cast. Exactly right. But um, but yeah. he, he looked really, really dangerous last week, and I think that's going to that's gonna be key. What would you love to see, Tommy? I mean, for mine personally, for, we we know it's it's a very old age, but you you get your first, you get your first hands on the footy, and more often than not, you're going to win the game. I just want to see manic, crazy tackling pressure in the middle of the Kieran Jack That's, style, yeah, like Kieran Jack at, at his absolute best, just crash and bash, like bloods. Belting in at the contest just over and over again, wave after wave of Swannies at the contest, tackling and crashing in and just doing everything they can until we get it on the outside and then we get it up forward and then Bud and Reedy and Tommy McCartan kick some goals. That's well, what I want to say. It's it's actually quite nice to know that we're playing at Marvel, so the boys have got a bit of space in the forward line. Buddy yep. loves Marvel. That's uh, that's certainly uh, something that we all know. I have... And a bit of run and carry and dash and link up of half. And there was That's a bit of that in the first half of the game against Melbourne. So we just, again, I really hate to har- keep harping on about it, but we just need to do that consistently. Um, I don't think there are any injuries that came out of the Melbourne game. However, I have heard whispers about Isaac Heaney yeah, this week. And that would be a massive blow uh, for what is a massive game. So you recall he got that knock to the hip. Yes. I think that is a bit of a concern. And it did look like a big knock. He was pretty ginger for a while there. Um, that would be a really, really bad out. Yeah. I've just I've got a feeling you'd get up, though. It's, yeah, you'd it's hope. Isaac. Yeah, he's pretty tough. Um, he played out the game as well. Correct. And, and he, was, he made an impact as well, well yeah. at, at parts. But, uh, yeah, no, he should be fine. Um Oh, look, what more can you say? We just need to win this football game. Yep. Uh, so Aaliyah's going to be on Lynch at one end, Franklin and Grimes at the other yep. end. There's a couple of great matchups to watch throughout the night. Well, so you miss out on the, the Buddy versus Rance. Um, but again, Grimes, Grimes a is a great defender, and you're getting Buddy when he's maybe out of a little bit of form. So hopefully he can play his way back into form. Um Aaliyah, I really like the idea of, um, because you've really only got that one main target, I'm hoping to see a lot of intercept marks. You know, for once, go two-on-one on a backman <laughs> rather than it always happening to Buddy. That would be nice. Um, Callum Sinclair, we saw he was a bit 
you know, injury hampered at the end of the game. Hopefully he's okay because don't really have another backup ruckman. Well, there actually is one. He's playing Neeful. Um, <laughs> and, and about it, him, though. How about we put Cal forward and we let Darcy Cameron have a go today uh, on Saturday there's against Neeful? There's got to be a reason, though. Oh, I don't give a stuff what reason it is. We need to change what we're doing at the moment. And Cal's limping around at the moment and he's a natural forward anyway and Darcy's a natural ruck. Throw Darcy in the ruck. Throw Cal forward. Leave a Lear back. I'm with you. I'm just, with do, you. Just, just do it. Stuff it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um yeah, just do it. Just we, we like we got nothing to lose in playing Darcy Cameron against Nan Curvis this week. It, it, like we may as well try it, even if it goes down in flames. It's better than doing the same thing that we've done for the last yep. few games and and just watch Cal get more and more injured in the middle of the ground. Absolutely, um, Ronk can have a spell for mine. Yeah, he can have a spell. I love him. If you listen to this pod regularly, you'd know I bloody love Ben Ronk and he's going to be a vital part of our nucleus moving forward. But he was pretty pretty shocking the last two weeks. Yep. I think he can have a spell. And do you know who I'd bring in? Who's that? Ryan Clark, probably. Ryan Clark, yeah. Yeah, fair. Or J- James Rose? <laughs> Benny's not here to uh, <laughs> give me a clip. If, if, uh, he if dominated Benny, if Benny was here, we'd hear a bit of... <laughs> he dominated the Neeful again last week. But I really don't think that's anything to go by. It's such a different standard, isn't it? It is. We're it's actually... It's actually... It's a severe drop. It's a severe drop in standard compared to it, what, what, you know, Victorian... You look at the space. standard yeah. of the VFL compared to the Neeful. And I still think that we should be playing in the VFL the le- the logistics, of, the logistics of that are a nightmare. Oh, but like, we go down to Canberra, we go up to Queensland, we go I up agree. to Darwin. I agree, just, I agree. Just players at the Lake Oval in the VFL as South. Tommy, I, <laughs> Tommy I'd be there every week. I'd start barracking for that side. Oh, it'd be brilliant. You can play half of our home games up in Sydney, you know, curtain raises for SCG games, but play our other games... As South. <laughs> Get it done, Tommy. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love to say it. For us Victorian-based Swanies fans, it'd just be the greatest thing us. ever. There's, There's a plenty. lot of us. There's plenty. And we go. We go to the games. Oh, we were we were easily 50-50 with Carlton. Yep. Easily. Probably won't be with Richmond. Yeah, Richmond, Richmond strong. feral Strong supporter base. Feral but we need supporters. to get down there and outnumber them. We do. I'll be there. I might be. It's Kizzer's 250th. Oh, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. That's what changed my mind. Yeah, yeah. I hate Marvel. Yeah, I'm more of an MCG man myself. I'm an MCC man, in case you didn't know, Tommy. Yes, also, likewise, likewise. We Um, love love the MCC. (laughs) Um, Look, do you reckon we'll win? Do Do you honestly reckon we'll win? Aside from all the Sydney will always win rhetoric. Do you think we'll win this football game? We need to have a... Do you think we'll win this football game? If we are to win this football game, there needs to be a vastly different mindset and attitude from the playing group. Do you think there will be a vastly different mindset and attitude from the playing group? I bloody hope so. Do you think there will be? 250th. (sighs) (laughs) 
No, there will. There, there will, will be. be. There, there will, will be. be. We'll bring in Darcy Cameron and Chief will go to full forward and kick seven. We are a proud, proud club. We can't. We're, we're not just. It's not going to continue like this. It cannot. Surely not. It cannot. Now, Swanee, Swanee's by two goals. Two goals. Swanee's yeah, by cl- two goals. It'll be a close one. It will be a close one. And before we started this segment, I was thinking about tipping Richmond, but now I'm fired up. <laughs> and the Swannies are going to win. We're going to get up and we're going to win. I'm, I'm confident that we can change our ways of last week. Horse can be a little bit more adaptable and a little bit more uh, – f- with allow the players to play with a bit more run and freedom and flair and creativity and let the young boys just go. Let these young bucks go. Let them go. And then we can win. I'd love to see Sam Reid playing a bit of a swingman role. Maybe kick a couple of goals. Yeah, well, we have McCartan back and Reid forward. We could switch that around, put Reid back, put McCartan forward. Reid looks like he's not in quite good touch at the moment. See what I mean? We've got options, though. Oh, there's options are plenty. It's a quality list. It's a fantastic list. Papley, he's a ripper. Get him in the middle. Get him in the middle the whole time. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Um, Yeah, they're all great. All all the Swannies players are great. And that's why the frustration of last week – is is bubbling over in in the cauldron tonight. That's why we were so ranty in that first segment because we know that there's quality there. There's so much quality. We are a good side. Yes. On paper, you look at it and you go, "Gee, that Sydney Swan side's a good side." But gee, there, a lot of things went wrong in that second half on on Thursday night. Don't want to harp on that anymore. But we just can't see that sort of stuff. We can't. Um, who do you who ins and outs? Uh, ins and outs. Okay. If I were to be coaching, I would be saying sorry to Justin McInerney. He had a rough first game. Like it's, it's coming into that. So stiff. So Jeez. stiff to play in what was an insipid performance from the that playing group that just didn't allow him to get in the game. Yeah. Didn't allow him at all. Agreed. Um, and and it, it's stiff to drop him as well because of that. But um, one disposal for the night. You know, you've you've got Clark and Rose in the reserves. They're ready to go, ready-made players. And this is a big game, and we just need to win. So uh, it would probably be Clark or Rose that I would bring in for McInerney. Uh, and the other one is Ronk, as you said, probably. Oh, under the roof, though. Under the roof, Ronk has been really effective in the past. I'd be almost willing to give him another go. So would you – how would you bring in Cameron? Thurlow out. Yeah, he was shocking. Thurlow out, Cameron in. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd go, yeah. We've got enough we've got enough players that are Thurlow's size. Yeah, they've got plenty of half backs. Yeah. Plenty of half backs. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not short on half backs. <laughs> um so yeah, it'd be McInerney and Thurlow would be the two that we'd miss and uh, Darcy Cameron definitely to come in to give Chief a chop out in the ruck because he's limping around. And the other one, Rose or Clark, probably Clark. What about Rowbottom? Yeah, Rowbottom's another one to think about. Kicked a 90-metre goal yeah, on the I weekend know, in the reserves, which is, uh, which is really impressive. Hey, do you know who's back on track? Who's that? There's two people that are back on track. And this is really exciting. Really, really exciting, True Bloods fans. One, Matthew Ling. Lingy. Lingy's back. No, but they they tout him. He's very, very, very popular within the club. They think he's an absolute gun. We've obviously seen bugger all of him. But uh, also, Daniel Menzel is playing Neeful this week. Well, speaking of well, Neeful, Neaffle, Neaffle. <laughs> no, 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 Neaffle. 
<laughs> yeah, I've so much fun with that switchboard all year. Um, uh, speaking of Niafel, let's go to our reserves report and have a little bit of a discussion about that. Um, the mighty Swanee's got another win uh, on the weekend against the Gold Coast Suns, 17-8, 110, defeated the Gold Coast, 10-12-72. James Rowbottom, one of the men you speak of, kicked three. Uh, Joel Amate, or Jamate, uh, kicked <laughs> three goals. Uh, Sam Wicks, three. Darcy Cameron, two. McLean, two. Uh, James Bell, two. McKellar, Foot and Rosebury, one. Um, so... Great to see the Neefel side getting another win. Bell, Rowbottom, Amate, Clark, Cameron, and O'Reardon were named as our best players. So Rowbottom, Rowbottom, you said one to think about. Oh, he Definitely. probably is. Maybe he is the one that could could come in. I just my my feeling behind that is it's not like Rose is bereft of opportunities at yep. AFL level, and we've just dropped Clark, and he he was named in the best, but. Wasn't named the best. Maybe, probably want him maybe to be Robottom, dominating yeah. game. So yeah, maybe it is Robottom to come in. Yeah. All right, Mads. Let's get into the tip for round five of the AFL starting on Thursday night, seven thirty-five PM at the Gabba. Big game. Brisbane Lions taking on Collingwood. Brizzy. Yeah, Brizzy. They are going to have a sellout game. They are just going to rise to the occasion. I think with this year, I was speaking to a mate of mine who's a really good Collingwood, a really big Collingwood supporter. Sorry. Um, he was. He thought they'd beat Footscray by eight or nine goals. You don't. You just don't know this year. But yeah. one thing I do know is Brisbane are coming. Brisbane at home are tough to beat. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. That that is a fortress. It's the fortress of old. And I just think this this will be the making of them as a football club. This is prime time. When's the last time they had a bloody prime time spot? Would have been 2004, 2005. <laughs> like, seriously. That I, I just think they'll rise to the occasion. Yeah, I'm and going I think with, they'll beat them. I'm also going with Brisbane. Uh, North Melbourne taking on Essendon, 4.20pm at Marvel Friday. Got his- Got a Friday double header, which I love. Yeah, that's enormous. It's awesome. Um, but yes, uh, North and Essendon. What are we thinking there? I've heard Brad Scott's lost the players. I've heard Bra- Brad Scott lost the plot, and so has everyone at North because they're North Melbourne. <laughs> They've always been a basket case, and they still are. <laughs> <laughs> but I still don't rate Essendon. <laughs> yeah, oh, but but while yeah, I no, while I win. kick seven on the weekend, so yeah, against win. Brisbane, who we've just pumped up, yeah, so I'm going to go with the Bombers. I'll win. Uh, the West Coast Eagles, 6, uh, 10 p.m. Perth time against a Port Adelaide side that's coming off the back of a home loss against Richmond and really need to win. But for mine, I don't think they're going to get there. Not going to happen. West Coast are, for mine, premiership favourites. Yep, uh, pretty good. Uh, the Giants, one forty-five p.m. Saturday at uh, Giants Stadium against the Dockers. They had a huge win. Any win at the Cattery is just enormous. I tipped it as well. I was happy with that. So did I. Yeah. Good good tipping. Yeah. Well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I tipped it on here, so some people might call bullshit on me. But, uh, God, they're a good side. Yeah, they are. They are. They're a good side, and uh, and I think they'll win. Uh, Melbourne versus St Kilda, 4.35pm at the MCG on Saturday. Oh, I want to say Saints. I really do. I just don't think it'll happen. I think Melbourne will get up and about now. Oh, I think and we're the Saints. <laughs> no, I think we've played Melbourne into form. Yeah, yeah. 
maybe we have, or maybe we're maybe we're just that garbage at the moment. Correct. Tommy. Correct. That's that's that's. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go with the Saints. I'm going to go with the Saints. They're I'll, playing some good footy, aren't they? I like what they're doing at the moment, and they're um yeah. yeah they're, Again, it shows you it's not. It's, it's mostly about the way you play football, not the guys you have out there. They they've got a really really pretty weak inexperienced list, and yet they are in the top four. Well, they're just starting to come of age. Some of those guys are just getting getting into that right middle age and. Um, it's going to be a quality game. That I think I, so. for years, years in for the last decade, well, maybe the last two decades, you'd look at Melbourne and St Kilda, and you go, "Look at these basket cases." God, seldom do they get to play at the MCG as well. Yeah, the Saints. So this is a huge game. God, I might might actually sneak down there, duck down there, and then duck across the marble. Duck across the marble, <laughs> the double header. The mighty Swannies take on Richmond, as we've spoken about, 7.25pm at Marvel on Saturday night. Kieran Jack's 250th, and I just checked, he did not make the All-Australian team in 2010. <clears throat> Very frustrating. He didn't even make the squad, Outrageous. would you believe it? There's a bias against Sydney, there always has been. Yep. Yeah, that All-Australian <laughs> team, they never let us in. It's very annoying. Um, we say that in jest. Look, we've got to win. We've got to win. Yep. I'll back us. Yeah, Swanee's by two goals. Swanee's by two goals. Come on, please, boys. Come on, come on, come on. Do it. Go, Bloods. Uh, Sunday, 1.10pm at Marvel Stadium. Western Bulldogs taking on Carlton. Carlton. Well, I've got an interesting little stat here about Carlton. In the last 36 rounds, so that's 2017, 2018, 2019, they've won three games. Mm. It's not ideal, is it? Not ideal at all. Uh, poor old That's Carlton. That's cooked. Poor old Carlton. Uh, I think it'll continue this week. Yeah, the Bulldogs buy plenty. Yep. Uh, Adelaide versus the Gold Coast Suns, 4.10pm at Adelaide Oval. Jeez, Gold Coast is showing a bit. They are. Could they go over there Jeez. and just ruin South Australia? Can you week? imagine what Tex Walker would do? Do you imagine God. what? The, do you imagine what the public in Adelaide yeah. would be like next week if Gold Coast went over there, rolled them, and then left and went back to the Gold Coast? Jeez, <laughs> Jeez they wouldn't be happy. No, not at all. They would not be happy. <laughs> Easter Monday, Hawthorne <laughs> taking on Geelong, three twenty p.m. at the MCG. Big game Jeez, here as well. I'll be there. Yep. Jeez, yeah. Jeez, I'll, I'll be there. One. I'll go to that one. Might even get a beer in the Percy Bames bar, I would have thought, Tommy. A couple of frothies. A couple of frothies. Yeah, no. Although I'm a celiac, so I can't drink beer anymore, so... <laughs> uh, but that's all right. Um, no, look, Geelong. Uh, Geelong will bounce back in a big way. You'd actually hate to play them this week. Yep. Yeah, yeah Geelong. Geelong for me. They're a proud group. I think we're in agreement with pretty much all of our tips. You tip Melbourne, I tip St Kilda. Yes. Uh... But other than that, we've gone with Brisbane to beat Collingwood. We've gone with Essendon to beat North Melbourne. West Coast to beat Port Adelaide. Giants to beat the Fremantle Dockers. The Sydney Swans to get back on the winner's list and beat Richmond. The Bulldogs to roll Carlton. The Gold Coast to beat Adelaide. Yes. And the Geelong Footy Club to get the job done on Monday. So that is the tips from the True Bloods. Beautiful.
And that is all we have time for tonight. This has been True Bloods, number one Sydney Swans fan podcast. That is it. Calm the mighty bloods for this Saturday night against Richmond at Marvel. And make sure you check us out on all the social channels, iTunes, Wooshka, Facebook and Instagram. Thanks to Madison Clark as always. Good to have you back in the host chair, Tommy. Good to be back. My name's Tommy Flanagan. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you next week on True Bloods. Speaking words of wisdom, up the Swannies. This has been a Podular Media Production. Din. 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 Din.